listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast with host John Pimba and James Grandey. What's going on, FA Nation? John Pimba here with James Grandey. It is the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast. Still here on the All-Star break, James, recording here a Tuesday evening. The league does not return to action until Thursday. Uh, but I thought it was a good time, James, maybe do a little first-half recap. Take a look at each team, maybe give a hot take or two on things that we've seen, players we're looking at, and maybe things we can take a look forward to. What do you think, man? Yeah, I'm down, and both of us are going to enjoy looking back at the first half, considering both of our two favorite teams are sitting pretty at the top of the Eastern Conference standings right now. So Yeah, yeah, your your Bulls are getting massive disrespect, by the way. They're they're currently the, the central division leader, yet they are plus 200, I think it was, to actually win the central, despite the fact that they're doing so, missing two core play, players and maybe even a third. I, I would say Patrick, four, John. I saw that Patrick Williams might even come mm-hmm. back. That's They just signed TT, Tristan Thompson, to kind of help <laughs> solidify that backup. So listen, you kind of laugh at that. We kind of make Tristan Thompson up as a little bit of a joke. But seeing who is actually behind Vucevic at center, right. it's fair. That, that's you get playoff experience. You got a guy on a winning team. You get him on a winning environment. Maybe he actually gives a damn. Uh, and he's not out cheating on Chloe every other day. So, yeah, the Bulls there. And then, yeah, the Celtics making a hot push. Only two back. Behind Philadelphia, Philadelphia is where we'll kick this off here, James, right? Going into the All-Star break, obviously they made, you know, the biggest waves at the trade deadline. They went ahead and they acquired James Harden. They go ahead and play with Joel Embiid. They shipped off Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, and Andre Drummond in that deal, right? And and they got back Harden. Haven't seen Harden play yet. Still expected to miss a couple of games once they do return. I had a conversation with Justin Fenchman. It was how much does this going to impact Joel Embiid now moving forward. Does Embiid take the biggest hit with Harden returning or, or making his debut with Philadelphia? Or is it Tyrese Maxey? Is it Tobias Harris? Is it the ancillary pieces? And it's just going to be a two-man show now where Embiid's still dominating and Harden's there. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of everybody. James Harden is a ball-dominant player, and so is Joel Embiid. And, and Tyrese Maxey, being a point guard, is also that guy as well. So I think Harden, it could be a great fit, but I, I think this is going to be a, a big-time fantasy hit. Now, I guess it for Embiid, he has a 38% usage. If it goes to 35%, I think we'll be okay, which I suspect with the level of greatness he's playing with, I, I don't think that we're going to see a big drop-off. So I think it does impact the likes of Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and everyone else quite a bit and, and I think Embiid's gonna take a hit but not nearly as much as we probably think yeah that's kind of where I'm at as well looking at some props especially you do a lot of prize picks they had their uh, fu- second half futures and you could do an over under bet on the number of 25 plus point games that Joel Embiid was going to have in the second half there and, and to me that that I think is going to be interesting because James Harden's a guy that's averaging double digit assists, right? He has been a great passer. So for Philadelphia, when it comes to DFS, you're going to be paying a premium on Harden and Bead, and maybe that's something we take a moment into and sort of uh, wait and see. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think I'm going to be able to play any of the other guys. So maybe, maybe if there's a, one of them sit or there's a value start at some point, but I don't know if I can trust Tobias Harris. I don't think we can go Maxi anymore. I think it's it's going to be Harden and Bead, and, and maybe we see if they even that's. I think it's just going to depend on the pricing, too, because if we get to a point where Tobias Harris is under 6K or we get to a point where Maxi is floating around 5K, then I think we'd probably take some stabs in tournaments depending on the matchup. So I, I largely agree, but I do think it's more of a wait and see based on price point type of thing. Sure. We go down next again. We're, we're covering these by division. So 76ers leading the Atlantic. Boston Celtics are just behind them. Celtics acquired Derek White at the trade deadline to kind of help with some of their primary backcourt depth, I guess. They did trade away Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson there. Marcus Smart went out with an injury just before the All-Star break, so we'll see exactly how long that's going to keep him out. But again, this has really been a two-man show with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And you can sprinkle in some Time Lord in there as well. He's been he's been putting up some, some fairly decent numbers this year as well there, James. But the one thing that we've talked a while about with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum this year is You can always play one of them if the other one is out, but when it comes to playing one of them when they're both active, 
pricing is again a point that matters. If we get Jalen Brown under nine thousand dollars, there's a conversation to be had. Jason Tatum has kind of hovered in that 10K plus range at times this year, high nines. That one has been a little bit of a tougher pill to swallow. Yeah, I think you nailed it. And even towards the end of the first half when Jalen Brown was still under 9K, but 8.788, that was even still a little too pricey for me, just considering we do get those Tatum games and we do get, with Time Lords on the floor where we're getting that's going to take away Jalen Brown on the glass or, or Horford without smart Horford runs the offense a little more, maybe takes away some assists from Brown. So I don't know. We'll wait and see if the pricing is a little softer in the second half on these guys. We did get Tatum under 10 K a couple times towards the end of that um, mm-hmm. first half of the year, which we in tournaments. I think my biggest thing, John here in the second half is how the incorporation of Derek white kind of continues 21% usage for White, 0.9 fantasy points per minute, 0.95 to be exact. Pretty good production, but can he be a consistent DFS play fantasy asset in the second half, just knowing how much usage rate Tatum and Brown soaks up and then incorporating Smart and incorporating Horford and, and all of that. So I think Derek White, the acquisition was great. I just... I'm interested to see how his fantasy season plays out the remainder of the year. Yeah, listen, he's going to at least see the minutes. We know that for sure. Dennis right. Schroeder is playing almost 30 a night. Richardson is playing 24-25. But you're right, you're moving him from a Spurs team where he was you know, one of the more primary options on that offense, right? After DeJounte, he was mm-hmm. a pretty consistent contributor. But now he's moving down. At the very least, he's the third option to Tell that to Marcus Smart, who likes to shoot, right? Yeah, he, he could be there more as that fourth bailout guy, really just an overall core solid play. But the Boston Celtics, their depth right now is pretty gross. They they signed Sam Hauser and Luke Cornett. They just today signed Keelan Martin and some guy I've never even heard of. Something Diggs, I think it was, or a Triggs maybe. It was, it was a name I, I had never, never even heard Malik of. Malik Fitz. Fitz, yeah, I was way off, right? I, I've never heard of this player. Right. So that those are guys that are just to fill out the back end of their roster because they right. they, they had five open roster spots. The league required them to, to be at <laughs> a certain point um, going into the going into this uh, out of the all star break here. So they're running a short bench right now and, and they still have one open spot. Apparently they're looking for the bio market, but we haven't seen many players bought out yet. Right. So. That's something to at least pay attention to. Next team, one of our favorite teams to play in DFS this year, the Toronto Raptors. If you look at the minutes played per game this season, James, I think four of the top six are all Raptors. It's like five of 12, five of 12. Yeah, right. They're starting five all ranks within the top. Oh, no, top 14. Sorry, top 14. Yeah, they're, uh, is it four of their top six though as well? Uh, Yeah, one, two, five. And tw- one, two, and five. So they have okay. three in the top five. Three in the top five. Yeah. They're playing almost 40 minutes a night. Sarkum, <laughs> OG, Van Vliet, Trent, when he's out there, Barnes. Those guys are just out there to play. Yep. And especially Siakam and Van Vliet this year have been probably the most reliable. We've seen Trent go absolutely nuclear for a little stretch there as well. And he's been the more fairly priced of the group too. Trent was sitting in that. 5,500 to 6,500 range for forever while he was just going out there and dropping buckets on everybody. You're getting close to 10K. Van Vliet generally in that 75 to 85 range, it feels. But night in, night out, I think those three guys are are pretty safe cash game options. And depending on the matchup, they can go boom for sure. Yeah, and moving forward, it's that is the elephant in the room. Can they sustain this type of floor is are we going to see van vliet's knee pop up again are we gonna see with an injury there's been random flare-ups of these guys probably due to the minutes so let's see scotty barnes has been in and out of the lineup a couple times this year so they are reliable when they're on the floor for sure in, in all formats og less lately he's been very bad recently but there's been a week off, especially with all these minutes. Could be good for them. Let's see how they handle the minutes in the in the stretch part of the season. Yeah, I'm with you there 100%. It's going to be it's right. We saw, like you said, we saw Van Vliet start to break down a little bit. What's what's going to happen here when they 
keep playing all these because they're in the playoff hunt, right? So they need to ride these guys out. Yep. So it's going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty wild to go out there. Brooklyn Nets, they are in a bad way, but they maybe have help coming. We don't exactly know when Ben Simmons is going to be available to them. Kyrie Irving still dealing with the can't play in the state of New York rule. Right. They are two and eight in their last 10 games. They've fallen down four and a half games back of the Eastern Atlantic conference there in the in terms of the actual playoffs they're almost out of the playing tournament right the washington the wizards of all teams are only three games behind them if they don't get help soon and i have to imagine ben simmons is going to be playing sooner rather than later they're they're a team that's that's in trouble but while everybody's out, we've seen seth curry come in and, and at least be a little bit of a bucket for them Cam Thomas, the same thing. Cameron Thomas off their bench has been really good. And Drummond. Drummond had a really big game the other night. If they can just sort of stick to some consistency with his minutes, I think there's going to be fantasy value there. They just also signed Goran Dragic, which I think is interesting. <laughs> I don't I don't expect Dragic just to pop in and be a guy right away. But right. last year, he was good, right? Whenever he was healthy for Miami, he was, he was a decent little player for them. So if Simmons is going to be out for a little bit longer and they have games where Kyrie can't play, Goran Dragic, I don't know what DraftKings or FanDuel have him priced at, but he had he hadn't played this year. So there could be a, a couple slates where Dragic is very valuable in terms of pricing in DFS and maybe even a good play. They come out of the break, they're in Brooklyn. So Kyrie can't play that game. I don't think Dragic is going to be available to play that game. That would be surprising. But you're looking at the Brooklyn Nets playing Boston off the break there and you can play Kyrie on the road, and then we have to see what the rest of this team looks like once everybody's there. Yeah, I think Dragic did play a little. He played a couple games in Toronto before their whole... He left from personal reasons and was right. seen in Miami and all those weird things that followed. I guess my one thing with him, they, they released Javon Carter, and Javon Carter signed in Milwaukee. So I guess that would free up minutes, but... Just looking at the Washington game, which was the last game Brooklyn played, and Carter played 19 minutes, sure, but they lost by 14. So how much did like that factor into Carter playing 19 minutes? They still have kind of a logjam, even yeah. with Kyrie Allen. They got Seth Curry, which has been a great addition, as you mentioned. In DFS, I, I actually, the other day against Washington, I pivoted from Curry to Patty Mills. That panned out very well. He's still around playing 30-plus minutes. And then they have Cam Thomas, who's been one of their best players over the last month or so. He's just scoring consistently. So does Dragic see minutes over any of those guys? He's not going to get minutes over any of those guys once Kyrie's in the lineup, right? Not a single one of them gives minutes to, to Dragic. I guess your point, could we just get, could we be getting home Dragic? That's the only place I could really see him making an impact. I guess the the... The Brooklyn roster is very interesting because the Ben Simmons thing is looming. Bruce Brown's playing a whole bunch of minutes right now. And I think he, as long as he is, he's viable in DFS. Drummond is playing a bunch of minutes. He only played 19 last game, but he was in early foul trouble. And again, down by 20. Aldridge playing 28 minutes off the bench, I think is interesting. Because if he's going to, if he's going to have his price depressed because Drummond's in town, I think we could be going to Aldridge a bunch in tournaments. I'd be interested to see, based on matchups, how often they would go to Drummond-Aldridge front court, as long as Duran is still out. I don't know if they could. I I don't think they, the mobility is there. But against a team Cleveland, they could do that. Against the the, yeah. big, the teams that run the bigger lineups. So just interesting to see that last game shake out because it had been Drummond a little bit ahead of the the split in for all between him and Aldridge but then Aldridge 28 minutes to Drummond's 19 that final game before the break so right. interesting to see how they handle their centers because we know it's, we it is Nash right so in terms of DFS it's going to be this muddy situation is only getting muddier with all these players coming back for Brooklyn Yep, I, I agree with you there. And then last team here, maybe one of the bigger disappointments given how they had played last year, the New York Knicks, the last in the Atlantic Conference, 10 and a half games out of there. Uh, RJ Barrett was injured going into the All-Star break. Julius Randle was really picking up slack. Evan Fournier was really uh, picking up uh, a lot of offensive slack there as well. But this is a team that, again, they're just a struggle city, even though they do play a lot of minutes, they're starters as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh the only thing I'm optimistic for in terms of long-term DFS stuff is 
When does Thibodeau or whoever the next head coach is, if they don't turn it around and they fire Thibs, when does guys, when do guys Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly and Cam Reddish start getting run? Because we haven't seen Reddish play 20 minutes in a game this year for the Knicks. And he has they a four, just shut down Kemba Walker at some point. Yeah. When does when does the changing of the of the, the 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 roster? When does Evan Fournier play 20 minutes a game? When does Kemba not play anymore? Like he was earlier in the year, and that's what I'm most looking forward to because I think the time is sooner rather than later. Um, because right now it's just a, a cluster F, and as long as there's no Barrett, I think we can keep playing Quentin Grimes pretty much every slate. He's cheap enough. He he's Thibodeau's kind of guy, three and D. So. I like these younger players for the Knicks long-term more than I like their all the whatever they constructed in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it has a lot to do with, I guess, Randall's attitude as well, right? right. Just 100% correct. Yeah, right. the way he's yeah, – you saw him yell at the, the assistant coach trying to show him where – I yeah. imagine he probably made the wrong play in that game, right? He's pushing – he's telling the guy basically get away from him. and Yeah, it punches the – it's the way he like punches the iPad, right? Yeah, punches the iPad. Yeah, right. So – but that being said, he's been a monster with no Barrett. So I'll keep on running Randall right now the way he's been playing as long as he's out there starting. Central division, Chicago Bulls. We're expecting Alex Crusoe to return, I think, after break, if I if I read some reports there, James. Mm-hmm. Him and Lonzo very are both like early March yeah. returns. So they're they're closing in. What will that do to DeMar DeRozan, though, I guess is the question. DDR averaged uh thirty-six points per game over the last ten for Chicago. We now we know Zach Levine is gonna miss a few games here, right? He's gonna get a second opinion mm-hmm. on the knee, I think I saw, even though he played in the all-star game for Whatever reason, can't got can't can't be a thrilled Bulls fan seeing him gonna miss regular season games, but he's out there dunking during the All Star game. But you have that, you have Vucevic, obviously. Ao has actually been a really good rookie for them. Kobe White had a big game, I think, just before the break, scoring the basketball as well. And Vuk has been there. The 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 way defensive wings, we'll call them, Javante Green, Derek Jones, Troy Brown. They have moments, but they're not really as reliable. Yeah, it's things are just gonna get harder to trust for the Bulls. Because she's going to be too expensive when everyone's back. Same with the Rosen. We've largely stayed away from this team when they're healthy. And I think that's mostly what's going to happen. And when people are in or when people are out, then we can attack, look to attack this team in the second half. I will say they were Billy Donovan plays his guys. He's going to he plays a shorter rotation than most teams. So we can we can trust that they're going to be on the floor and there's going to be nights that they have big games. But when everyone's healthy, it's going to be hard to hard to to roster them at the price that they're just going to be. Yeah, I agree 100 percent with you there. They're, they're just going to be too expensive. Mm-hmm. And I guess, again, when they're all healthy, I guess that's the decision we have to make. But right now, with no with no Levine, no Bo- none of those guys, we're, we're OK paying 10K for DeRozan, right? Yeah, when absolutely. When everyone when uh, who's out is out, I'm OK with paying because he's doing it. He's yeah. Paying off the price tag. So, yeah, absolutely. Cleveland Cavaliers, they acquired Karis LeVert going into the trade deadline. He's been fine. The story of this team has really been their bigs. Evan Mobley, Kevin Love off the bench has looked really great for them as well. Jared Allen, all-star game representative there for Cleveland. And Darius Garland just taking that next step in his development. I've been talking a lot about Garland when it comes to player props at his points, rebounds, assists prop, because it's always just been too low. He's a guy that's been filling up the stat sheet. He's given us numerous double-doubles. His price has been on the rise, but it's good. I guess maybe it's good to see that Carol Silvert being there hasn't really impacted him. Yeah, this is, I think, I was listening to um, J.J. Reddick's podcast a few, probably a month or so back when he had Kevin Love on. And Kevin Love basically was talking about, this is Darius Garland's team. This is his team. Everyone, as much as, as long as I've been here, this is, we all understand it now. This is the changing of the guard. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, even when Larry Markkinen comes back and eventually next year, Colin Sexton comes back. This team is, is poised to have a good second half and, and make a playoff push. I guess my only concern fantasy relation wise is marketing is nearing a comeback i think that's gonna hurt kevin love i think that's gonna hurt guys in the front court for sure he's and and probably hurt everyone right because marketing we know is offense first more than he is anything else like he's he's looking for his shot so will that hurt lavert will that hurt garland a little bit 
It could, right? Not that Larry Markkinen is a massive usage player, but he is an offensive first player. So definitely something to watch for moving forward. How, based on their price tags, does Markkinen really just not let us get 40 from Darius Garland on a regular basis or 40 from Levert or even how many minutes is Kevin Love going to play a game with, with well, Mark? Right. He was playing only around 20, right? When all those right. guys were healthy. So mm-hmm. yeah, good point. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they're two and a half out of the central right now. Tied actually with Cleveland there as well. Pretty straightforward here, right? It's, it's, yep. it's Giannis, it's Holiday, it's Milton. Portis obviously has his moments there as well. But again, you wonder what's going to go on with their shooting guard, I guess, role. Content's out. Drayson Allen got hurt again before the break. They don't have DiVincenzo there anymore so when looking for maybe that value wing player they don't they don't really got one right now well maybe they went out and signed it's not it's not exciting but they signed deandre Bembry before the break and he didn't play in that in that game prior to the break jordan nawara john started and played 35 minutes and you and i both have talked about this he's good he can score. Jordan Nawara is very talented offensively. So I'd be interested to see how they approach Nawara's minutes, Bembry's minutes in the second half. And and as well as Serge Ibaka, who played, tw- who played 30 plus minutes in his debut and then 24 on the second leg of a back-to-back, which I found interesting. So I think guys Nawara and Serge Ibaka could become regular value options for us depending on the you mentioned the status of Grayson Allen because if Grayson Allen's not there they could really rely on Nawara or a bigger lineup that includes Serge Ibaka right yeah 100 percent. that's a good that's a good point and listen we know we have Nawara so that's something to, to definitely I guess monitor there for sure Pacers below them they're Jeez. they're way out of it Bulls leading the division Cavaliers and Bucks two and a half games behind and then you have the Pacers 18 and a half games behind that group. But Halliburton has really been the story there. We're still waiting on Malcolm Brogdon. I wonder if they just shut Brogdon yep. down, right? What do, what do you what do you bring him back for? Just, just stunt the growth of Halliburton, who's clearly your guy, clearly, clearly the future for your team right there. Because you have him, Duarte got hurt going into the break. Yep. So that's something to continue to monitor. Buddy Heald has been unreal for them since that trade, getting starting minutes and just shooting a boatload of shots. So for fantasy-wise, Halliburton's going to be at a premium. I think Heald's price is going to start to be on the rise. You'll probably still get him in that mid, you know, mid-6K range, low-6K range there for a bit. I guess the front court is my question, though. Isaiah Jackson's been hurt. Gobi's been there. The Jalen, uh, our boy Jalen Smith has been starting, but then following out instantly. So <laughs> that is, that's going to be the big question is what are we going to do with this front court of the Pacers? Well, Miles Turner isn't shut down for the year either. They shut him down. The original report was that just through the ulcer break. So does that mean he's ready to return right after the break? Does that mean yeah, true. he still weighs away? What, what, is the, what is the status of Miles Turner? Because that would make it even worse. You mentioned all those guys without even Miles Turner. That could just I would make... feel better, though, actually, if Miles Turner is active. Right, because there's, like... actually, there's actually concrete, okay, he's getting 30 minutes. Right, right, exactly. And, no, and we, we like Turner whenever there's no Sabonis. Mm-hmm. So yeah. You you gonna give me Miles Turner with Halliburton? Maybe a little lob. Oh, city? dude, oh, right? like, it's gonna be so fun because, and this is what I was, what you and I had talked about a bunch. Halliburton, the player, makes players better than De'Aaron Fox did, which is why I was so baffled why they gave Halliburton up at 21 years old as opposed to Fox. Him and Miles Turner on pick and roll, and then him and Miles Turner who can stroke it, pick and pop. Right. Are you kidding me? This team is extremely appealing for for fantasy, but who the hell knows who's who's in and who's out because they have a bunch of guys that are in and out of the lineup. Terry Taylor has been really good, John, 6'5", yeah. power forward. Right. They just have a bunch of interesting pieces. I think for me, it's you mentioned Halliburton, you mentioned Heald, spot on analysis. Everything else is kind of wait and see until we know how this front court shakes out in the second half. Yep, the Pistons, 24 and a half games back, but a lot of young talent. Listen, I've been touting Isaiah Stewart pretty heavily, mm-hmm. and, and he's he's looked pretty damn good. And the rebounds have been there. It's all about fouls with him. If he can just avoid the foul trouble. And then you, one of your biggest criticisms of him had been the scoring. We just hadn't been really efficient at scoring the basketball. Kind of turned that around a little bit there toward going into the break. Four straight games of double, sorry, five straight games with 10 plus points. 
there and he and he's actually it's kind of funny you look at his his month of february there he started the month with five games of double digit rebounding and then he finished the month with five games of scoring (laughs) but he only had one game of double digit rebounding over the last four so he kind of decided to start scoring instead of rebounding but at some point he's going to give us what he did against dallas where he went for 14 and 15 because that's what i that's what i think he is as a player i think he's a for being six eight, the dude can rebound and he can score around the rim. So uh, that's I've I definitely have some appeal there with Isaiah Stewart. But again, this is a team that got they got Bagley, right? They got right. Grant, they got Bay, they have Olenek. They just have so many guys in that front court. It's it's going to be kind of frustrating to see how that all plays. And if Grant isn't part of their future, is he a guy that gets shut down or limited or? What's what I wonder what happens with Grant there as we hit April or something like that, right? March, I guess the end of the end of March when the, the season's really coming to a close here and they're seeing what they got. Cause I think they want to see Bay grow. They're going to want to give Cunningham more opportunities and they should want to get Stewart there. A lot of the minutes there as well. Yeah. I think you nailed everything. I think the most, my, my most anticipated thing with the pace with the Pistons is what happens to the front court? Because I think the Marvin Bagley, addition is very interesting 23 minutes in that final game before the break does that even go higher does that go 25 26 do they ice out Olenek do they ice out Jeremy Grant eventually as you mentioned so definitely interesting dynamic I just want to see Cade Cunningham stay out of foul trouble as well you mentioned it with Isaiah Stewart but Cade can't he can't keep his hands out of the cookie jar either so both those young players need to stay out of foul trouble and let the Pistons fans could could actually see the potential in their team uh, maybe moving forward so I'd like to see that front court and how it plays out. Kelly Olenek, a three-year deal <laughs> worth for t- almost $13 million a year. What are we? What are you doing there? Yeah, he, oh, well, he's point. Well, eventually they're going to start running point Olenek, and we'll see the, <laughs> yeah. if it pay dividends. So. Yeah, exactly. So really good, but again, Pistons are fine. It's a bad team in real life. They have some pretty good DFS options. So right. watching there, Southeast Division here, Miami Heat are at the top. We, again, we know where they are, right? Bam, uh, obviously coming on really strong of late. Butler, Lowry's back and playing well. Hero, when he comes back, we know what we can get there. I guess the questions are, does Morris ever make any impact? Do they ever get Oladipo back in their lineup? The Heat, I I really haven't played a ton of Heat unless multiple guys were out. Or it's an absolute high-scoring close game where maybe you trust Bam or Butler. But for a team that is winning that conference by almost 10 games, that division by almost 10 games, I don't feel I'm often playing a bunch of Miami Heat players. No, unless people are out, we're not. And I think that's going to continue because P.J. Tucker, who's actually been a pretty decent value this year at times because there's been multiple injuries, he's a fifth or sixth option when everyone's healthy. It's very hard to roster a fifth or sixth option with any type of confidence in DFS. And they are going to be healthy. And and even when Oladipo comes back, if he comes back, what is his role going to be on a team with Two right, superstars, than, Max, you know? right? Hey, like, right. If that's a that's a real question, isn't it? Max Stress has been pretty good, so it's a it's a it's a real question. So I, I think it's there's their big four. I think Hero took a step back, probably worn out from all those minutes he was playing, truthfully, and and the heavy workload he was getting because they've been not healthy. Or Lowry had personal reasons, and Jimmy Butler's been in and out of the lineup. So I think this this break has been good for Miami's health, and but uh, for for DFS. When they're at full strength, it's going to be hard to get to any of them because they're pricing Butler near 9K. They're pricing Bam over 8K. So, yeah, when people are out of the lineup, load up on your heat. Charlotte Hornets are consistently playing some in some of the highest game totals <laughs> uh, in the NBA right now. But every single person in their lineup is a complete GPP wild card. Every single one. Every single one. You, you have no idea night in, night out what you're getting out of Ball, Rozier, Bridges, Ubre, you don't know. They're, they could go for 50 or 20, every single one of them. So <laughs> it, it, it is maddening. It is You look at it, 244 game total the other day, right? And I think actually three of them popped off. I think Rozier went for 40 plus. I think Bridges had a monster game. But then they, they followed up with another 230 game and, and half of them sucked. So it's it's just wildly inconsistent play from them at, from time to time. But they're they're a fun team to 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 watch. So there there's not a ton of in-depth analysis to go there. I guess Montrez Harrell is kind of an interesting mid-tier guy that we've seen kind of a develop. He hasn't seen any increased minutes 
since coming over necessarily with, with, with this Charlotte team. Obviously, they had the overtime games where he saw a bunch, but we think that he can really be a, a big impact for them. Yeah, um, playing a bunch of minutes off, which is... Th- yeah, the over the overtime, the last two overtime games have definitely helped. And I guess he played, he did play 29, but was that was that more blowout-aided maybe? Probably. They, so they were they were getting killed there in that game. And then they they actually led a pretty big comeback in the fourth quarter. They, out, they scored 43 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I, I bet a lot of that probably had to do with maybe Harrell over Plumlee there. Plumlee still played 30. Actually, answered the question. Plumlee played 30 and fouled out, huh. and Harrell played 29. So, okay. But this is what we get from Harrell, though, right? When he gets on the floor, he's, he's a fancy point-per-minute beast. 20 points, 9 boards. You look at the overtime games, big minutes. I don't know. He's not playing any defense, and defense is their biggest problem. So was he ever going to play totally over Plumlee? I, I don't know. But if they need, if they just want to try to outscore teams, maybe, maybe they do that. Yeah, Look, he's a good fantasy point per minute guy in a, on a team that is going to be involved in high pace, high totals. And I think that's really beneficial to wanting to play Montrezl Harrell. So we'll see how his price shakes out in the second half. I think anything below 6K, as long as he's playing the 25 plus minutes, is is a reasonably good price tag. I wonder what happened in that Miami game going into the break. It was double overtime. Plumlee saw just 14 minutes in that game, and it wasn't any foul situation. Did he get or did they just go and play Harrell in that game? It looks like they just played Harrell, unless I'm missing something here. I think, I don't think Plumlee got thrown out. I think he just didn't, there's nothing that Yeah, he just played 14 minutes in that game. So Miami was too fast and too spaced for the big (laughs) man. So they, they played Harrell and PJ Washington, who each played 40 minutes. So... Just a matchup thing, I guess, for for Miami, yeah. for Miami. But interesting, interesting to pay attention to. Yeah, Washington started that game, played 49, again double overtime game. But again, Harold playing big minutes there. So something, something to watch for Charlotte for sure in the second half is what happens with with Trezel there. Atlanta is is the next team on the list here. They're tied with Charlotte in that in that conference there. John Collins has been out with an injury. Didn't practice again. Yeah, didn't today, practice so. again. We're still sort of. Waiting to see if Clint Capella is going to... Well, the minutes seem to be there. The production does not. He played 23 against Orlando going into the break, but it was a blow. He did get over 30 finally in those back-to-back games against Boston and Cleveland, so that's nice to see. But does he get more rounded into form as he starts playing more consistently? Yeah, that's the problem. And it's not going to get easier when Collins comes back either, right? Collins comes back, it's only getting harder. So I I said this, though, a couple times. He's been literally low 5K. He's been 5'3 for three slates in a row. Man, that's hard for me to that's hard for me to ignore knowing what his upside is. So I think in situations where we see Capella low 5K, and if you're a multiple lineup kind of guy, probably worth taking shots on, right? Probably yeah, worth probably. taking darts on. Wizards, it's Kuzma. Anybody else for you? Porzingis is expected to return. Okay. Uh, they expect Porzingis to return the the second the second half starts. So okay. definitely will it, it'll be his team. We'll see how it he pairs with Kuzma, Nato, and and Nato. Do they has start been, Porzingis at the five? Or do they I would start assume so. I guess that's that's a good point. Now. Probably the five. Remember they were talking about the Thomas Bryant thing, and the like, we're gonna start him for now and right. see how it goes. But he hasn't really been playing. He played 15 minutes in his game prior to the break, so I could see them starting Porzingis at the five, Kuzma at the four, because that doesn't take away. Denny has been really good recently, and they've been giving Kispert a lot of minutes. So I think their best lineup is probably Porzingis at the five, Kuzma at the four. Because you want to play the way that Denny's played, they want to keep him on the floor. And I think that's an interesting part of the the Wizards. I want to keep, if Denny keeps playing minutes, even with Porzingis back, I think he can play himself into a daily DFS consideration because we know he's good defensively. That's what he's, that's how he's going to stick around in this league for a long time. He's good on the glass. And if the scoring continues to be there, it's been double, di- double digits in a bunch of games in a row if that continues to be there he could be a daily consideration so i i think the porzingis addition makes things a lot more interesting you have uh, i guess it would depend on per slate matchup right but you have ish smith and you know Ronaldo basically yeah. 
playing point guard there. So nothing nothing overly exciting. Nito obviously has had a few games there at times where he pops off, but pretty inconsistent. And then you have Orlando bottoming out the Southeast uh, division here. Cole Anthony, Wendell Carter is a guy that I've been playing a lot of, especially whenever they play the Bulls. I wonder if they had the Bulls on that match in their schedule <laughs> at all to end the season. They have to be something I would love to see if I can get a quick grasp on here. But let's see, Chicago, Chicago. I don't see Chicago, sadly, on their on their schedule. That's too bad because he's absolutely destroyed them. But they do have the Pacers, the Rockets, some, some interesting matchups for them coming up here. So now Wendell Carter, I think, is a guy that we can trust. The Franz Wagner is kind of tailed off a little bit there but mm-hmm. Suggs has come on Anthony's come on I, I think that those young guys are all pretty strong plays yeah Bamba off the face of the earth too yeah he, he's playing 20 minutes not even 20 minutes a game right now so shout out to my boy Chumo Keki I think it'll be Orlando's going to be a slate to slate basis very hard to trust in most formats yep I, I agree with you there going on now over to the western conference here James Utah Jazz leading the Northwest Division. Uh, they got Gobert back recently. They have Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, they're without Joe Ingles for the uh, rest of the um, rest of the year. But they, oh, they trade. All oh, right, right. They trade, but he's out for the year anyways. I yeah, forgot they, correct. I forgot they swapped him in that NEW deal. Doesn't Just play. Doesn't, play. <laughs> Just doesn't get off the doesn't get off the floor. But they're three games up on Denver. Donovan Mitchell has been playing really well. He's been a guy that we've been playing because he's been in that 8,500 range. I think as long as he stays there, I have interest. If he goes any higher, we're probably going to end up passing. Yeah, and I think you'd agree with this. Can we play anyone other than Utah or other than Mitchell or Gobert on this team on a regular basis? I don't, unless one of them is out, I don't see much upside to anyone else. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, that's good. You'd have to get some good discounts on guys. You know, if Clarkson was under 5K, I could consider him because his roll off the bench is just what it is. Bojan would have to really take a big drop, I think, as well, to have any sort of appeal there. Denver, it's it's really just Nikola. For me, Will Barton occasionally, Monty Morris fine at times, depending on the matchup. But for a guy that Jokic, who's threatening triple doubles every night, the rest of the team around it was kind of kind of meh. Yeah, and you can't, their bench rotation is nuts. We've talked about this. They have these random games from Bryn Forbes, and then they have a random big game from Bones Highland, and then Monty Morris chimes in, and then Facundo comes out and he's hey guys, I'm still here. So it's very hard to trust anyone but Jokic, so I I largely agree. It's the Jokic show in Denver, and it's going to continue to just be the Jokic show moving forward. Yep, I a thousand percent agree with you. Minnesota, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns would be obvious options there. If one of them sit, we have to go Towns when Russell's out. The assist numbers shoot up there. Obviously, Anthony Edwards has his moments. The secondary pieces, though, James, right? You've, you've touted Tony Prince. We've played Jared Vanderbilt at times. We've played McDaniels, Beverly. Those guys kind of all fit in pieces or in certain matchups. Do either, any of them feel more consistent to you than the other? Probably Pat Bev at this point. He's been pretty good. I'm looking, it's been a while since every game in February, Patrick Beverly has given us 20 fantasy points. So, or more. We've gotten 40 in that in that range too. So Beverly, Prince has kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit. Not out of the rotation, but 13, 13, 10, 13 minutes his last four games. And that's because Jaden McDaniels has been playing really well, John. One of your favorites, Jaden McDaniels, has double-digit actual points in three straight games. Mm-hmm. He has played 30-plus minutes in three straight games. And last two, he scored 18 actual and 31 and 40 fantasy points. So maybe playing himself into a role. What? Kudos to Minnesota. I guess I didn't realize that they were three games over 500. Not that I thought they weren't much better this year, but three games over 500. Way better than they've been. They're, they're in a playoff spot, James. They're just seven seed right now. So kudos to Minnesota. I, I think we all agree. We both agree it's the big three, but I think it's Beverly and McDaniels. If you want to, if you, if we're building out lineups right now, can't really trust Jared Vanderbilt, unfortunately, because he's kind of given way to, to McDaniels. So sure. yeah, I think McDaniels and Beverly outside of their big three. Well, and Trailblazers, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Justice Winslow has actually been playing mm-hmm. pretty well. And then Nurkic is the core four for me and that team. What do you think of them winning four straight games? They currently have the third longest winning streak in the NBA. It is. It's kind of interesting. 
because they're also in the 10 seed right now. So they're almost in the playoffs. They, well, <laughs> like, right, they're in the playing sorry, game. They're, they're in the playoff. They're, they're in the, the playing game, rather. So, oh, no. They, they were tanking. They were trading everybody. They were selling. And they might actually get there. <laughs> they're in there now. But they may continue to move up, right? They're only a couple games behind the Lakers, a couple games behind the Clippers. That'd be... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, long term their depth is is crap, right? right. So I don't I don't see this being a, a a consistent winning solution, but to them, but I'll I'll keep playing those four. Those four are fine for me. Yeah, I agree. I do think those four are, and I think I guess the wild card is there's rumors that Eric Bledsoe is gonna get bought out, which would make complete sense because why are you keeping Eric Bledsoe at this point? What good does he do? I get, he would be a very hot commodity in the bar, buyout market. But if they kept him, then that would get a little... Hey, you, situation you keep like, him, you start him at the two, you move Hart to the three, the three right? Like, LB to the, and LB to the bench. Yeah, that could, that could be interesting. We'll see. I guess that that's the that's the decision that... I'm, lo- we'll I'm to... loving my boy Justice Winslow here, by the way. True, I mean, true, 100%. He's a good player. Yes, we talked. Listen, when they made that trade, we had we talked probably ten minutes too long on Justice Winslow that night. But he's been everything we've talked about. He's come in. He's been Robert Covington role. He's scoring. He's rebounding. He's even giving you some assists. Blocks and steals have been there, and he's been going in a little a couple three balls. Right? You, look at the shooting percentages. He's about fifty percent shooter for that. Forty six percent of the month. Justice Winslow's healthy. He's good play. He's still only twenty five. <laughs> it's, uh, he's filling out the stat sheet for us all here. So I was big on him and he's continued to produce. So uh, I picked him up on a season long fantasy team. He's filling the box score out. And I think we can continue to get this level of production out of him in the regular season as well. Damn. I, how is he only 25 years old? He's been in the league for like a decade. <laughs> he has to be 35. He ha- This has to be Julio Franco. Buddy Buddy, he, yeah. This guy is not 25. Buddy, years buddy old, why? You're actually a year older. Well, nobody ever asked me my age. <laughs> you guys just all assumed. So. Sheesh. So yeah. So even though they're they're better or bad or whatever, those four guys, I think you can you can you can play pretty consistently. Then the Thunder. This is a team again that we've been really playing. We've actually been playing yep. with Darius Basley lately, right? Giddy, of course, fits in there. The the biggest question is what happens when SGA returns because that's just a big usage suck. But right now, Basley, Giddy, and, and when Dort's healthy, those three are are pretty easy plays. Yeah, it's just you said. If and when SGA returns, what happens? And I talked about it. I went on the Family Times podcast with Fenstey, and we we were talking NBA futures, and he, I have the giddy value on the rookie of the year as well. But I think the caveat is the SGA return. The ball is obviously not going to be in his hands as much. I, I do think they're going to put the ball in his hands a lot more. They were doing it when they were both healthy before the injury for SGA. But that has to be considered. So, yeah, I think we can play Thunder as long as they're out. We know um, Robinson Earl is out. So there's going to be opportunity in the front court. We've seen Isaiah Roby, John, start the last couple of games before the break. I I, I don't I don't want to I'm not going to quote how many minutes did he play he started and played 29 minutes had a double yeah. double 17 and 12 maybe some value there in the front court what happens when who is he po- playing in for was that was that just favorite well, so Muscala's out yeah he's hurt Robinson Earl's out for the whole rest of the year or extended yeah. period of time Favors only played 10 minutes off the bench okay so they've started Roby now in let's see one two. I think it's two, three straight games to end the foul trouble. They're probably limiting the minutes and some of those in the Knicks. Yep. Five fouls in the Knicks game. So what about Poku? Yeah. The, the, so it's been interesting because no Kendrick Williams, that last game that plays 30 Kendrick Williams is in the game before he plays 15. It's very hard. We, we love Poku, but just give us the, give us the consistency with his minutes, 20 minutes against the Knicks. Why? He's one for six from the floor, sure, but play him. Yeah. But again, they, they go into OT so I, and they win. I can't like fault them for their decisions, but still, they have a lot of young guys, a lot of young talent that is going to... We're not going to see Derek Favors in the second half. All right. All right. We're not going mean, to... That's it. I, I guess I would see, I could see Aaron Wiggins probably taking a, a decreased role. Not that he's old, but what's their... 
What's the value on Andrew Wiggins or Aaron Wiggins? Second yeah. round pick, 55th overall. I don't know. Yeah. I guess a lot of interesting dynamics to this OKC team. Definitely. Pacific here, biggest blow dealt to the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul going to miss six to eight weeks, potentially the rest of the regular season. Cameron Payne, however, expected to be back to start the second mm-hmm. half. Is it going to be he or is it going to be Elf Payton, do you think, as their starting point guard? I would think it's campaign. They also traded for Aaron Holiday. That's kind of gone under the radar. I don't think he starts. I think Cameron Payne is a surefire starter, but it's interesting to see how it plays out. I think campaign and seasonal is a must add at this point, just until proven otherwise, just with how much offense runs through Chris Paul. Um, and this is going to make Devin Booker a lock and load because we're going to we're going to get so much greatness out of Devin Booker. I think this is just, you're removing the guy with the ball in his hands the most, right? It's going to improve everyone. We've, mostly you have really hit on Mikel Bridges a lot down the stretch the last month or so, and he's been doing well. DeAndre Ayton is going to be so, so crucial here. And and we saw his price tag under 7K the last couple of slates. So I wonder what his impact is going to be. He's obviously going to take on a, a bigger offensive role and then, pain and and i think elf on nights if we see elf payton john approach 20 minutes a game we know what he can do so there might be nights where he's under 4k and i i think about on a smaller slate alfred payton but also we do want to see how the aaron holiday edition factors into their rotation as well because we're all talking about campaign we're all talking about elf payton but aaron holiday played 20 minutes in the final game what this is interesting final game before the break Sure, it was Houston, but what? Devin Booker played 43 minutes, so who am I to to say this isn't what's going to happen? Elf Payton, John, three minutes. Aaron Holiday, 20. Yeah, that's interesting. That was in the final Suns game prior to the break, so just something to to monitor because if Elf Payton's not going to play over Aaron Holiday, then maybe we're going to start getting some value Aaron Holiday in the the second half of the year. Yep, I agree with you. Golden State Warriors. What was that report we saw yesterday, James? Was it that Draymond is, was it three to four? Three to four weeks. Yeah, three to four weeks. So that's something to pay attention long term because obviously he's a huge part of their offense. But for now, uh, Mitch restriction on Clay Thompson's pretty much gone. Wiggins, Steph Curry. Maybe the biggest wild card then is is Kaminga. Yeah, it's, it's kind of been that way for what, a month now because he's been so good even in limited time. For Thursday Slate, he's $4,500. If that's going to be a price tag that he's consistently at, on smaller slates, I think he's viable in tournaments. You can never play him in cash but because uh, Kerr is, a, Kerr is a, a crazy man with his rotations. But if he's 4500 or so, every slate moving forward, I'm in on him for tournaments. Yeah, he's just such a you know, dynamic player for them. So mm-hmm. uh, you just get right. You just don't know when are they going to – they could start him and then they could just – go small if they play portland is that a front court that he is going to be able to start at center against nurkic i know they go small with looney anyways but i worry about fouls i think there with with coming it open but well they've been starting him at power forward okay and then he closes and then he'll play backup center well he'll do both he'll play he plays both the front court positions so we'll see we'll see him play center we'll see him play power forward we'll see both so Clippers 19 and a half back in that in that in the conference there they traded for Norman Powell then he immediately gets hurt unfortunately yeah. so they're kind of back to where they were Marcus Morris and mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson are the guys there Zubac has had moments of late yeah I, can we just trust that they're going to keep playing him no because we've never been able to trust him but he's been good I think look I think you're right it's, Mar- it's Morris and Jackson are probably their priorities, but the the wild cards every slate are going to be Zubac and Terrence Mann. Those are going to be the wild cards and Luke Kennard because Luke Kennard sure. shooting the ball lights out uh, the game before the break eight for nine from three double um, doubles in three of the last four there for Zubac. So yeah, I think I think him Man Kennard are the wild card GPP plays on a nightly basis. Yep, I'm with you there as well. Then the bottom of that division, the Sacramento Kings, but an exciting team, okay. uh, despite being so bad, because you have Sabonis. De'Aaron Fox is scoring the basketball at Madman, 
And Harry B continues to get no respect. I've been playing Harrison Barnes. His scoring props over on Prize Pick James have been like 14 and a half and 15 and a half for the last week worth of games. And he's, he's gone over and all but one. I think he missed the Nets game. But the rest of them, he's just been going over. Right? It, 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 Sabonis has an impact on that for him. So, yeah, those three for me, I think, are guys that we can kind of just lock in. Well, Sabonis is just too passive at times. I think that's probably the, the issue. It's probably just those three. Justin Holiday starts, plays 37 minutes. He had six threes last game. And and John, our, I mean, our boy, 29 minutes. I think he's played the last two games. Dante DiVincenzo has played 27 and 29 minutes off the bench. Okay. Well, I can definitely so, get behind that. Listen, he's a guy that we definitely, um, still not shooting the ball right. particularly great, but he is a guy that fills it up. Uh, nine, five, three, and a steal against the Bulls there the other day. Definitely something to pay attention to. I guess the one thing worth paying attention to in that one as well is that Davion Mitchell, we just got this update now, right? Davion Mitchell practiced in full. He'd, he'd been out. So Dav- does Davion Mitchell returning impact those minutes? I have to think probably. Sad. Yeah, I just saw the Mitchell, I just saw the Mitchell report too. Shout out the Mitchell report and MLB different reports but yeah i guess that probably does impact but does that is that you think it's a trickle down does that impact holiday does that impact mo mo harkless maybe they just are gonna play divincenzo they do need a backup point guard right so i mean it could it could be that davion just comes off the bench and the the buddy heel roll right and just Mm -hmm. and then or or maybe ddv comes off the bench and the buddy heel roll i think we know what their starting lineup's gonna look like i think the starting lineup they've been throwing out there is probably the starting lineup they're gonna play Right. So, it'll, yeah, I guess it depends on where, how the minutes get distributed when eventually he returns there. So something to watch. Always good to see what teams look when, when they get all healthy and what those rotations are about. Finishing off here, we have the Southwest Division. We have the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant and Desmond Bain have uh, really carried this squad this year. Steven Adams at times in certain matchups has been pretty solid as well. The rebounds have definitely been there. In the right matchup, he can even score. But it, there really hasn't been, at least for me, much else for Memphis. Anybody for you that kind of pops up? Maybe if does Dylan Brooks come back or those guys potentially make an impact for you? Yeah, Brooks is a very high usage player. So I think his return impacts everyone around. And I think we'll have to see price points at that time when he does eventually return. But it's going to be harder to get to Jaw if he's at 10K or whatever it's going to be hard to get to jaron jackson if he's 7k and bain at 6.5 that would be hard to get to if dylan brooks is in the lineup playing 30 minutes because he is a guy who commands a lot of usage rates so i definitely think the dylan brooks return when it happens is something that we're gonna have to monitor and not so easily just plug and play the guys you mentioned i'm with you there dallas luca and that's it (laughs) best occasionally I, I don't know what they did with their team, but I don't really, and I don't know how successful they can be as currently constituted. They're very good defensively, and currently Luca is playing the best player in the league, even though I went on Twitter the other day and said Giannis is, but there's no denying what Luca's doing right now. I don't, I pretty much agree. I don't know um, who else on that team can get me a gotta have it bucket. Right, like it, yeah, it's Brunson could, but you're obviously it's probably a little shaky, right? It's right. Uh, but at least when they had Porzingis for all of his flaws, I felt like in crunch time you could probably toss the ball to him down low and he could score. Right, Brunson is a small guard. Dinwiddie, Burton, that that team is just not constituted. I don't think to to win, which is weird that they made those trades as the five seed. Almost as if they were giving up as well. So I know they're I mean, seven I, and three in the I know they're seven and three in their last ten. They won two straight, but I just don't know. I don't I think that there's I don't I don't look at this as they're giving up. I think that they just didn't see the value in Porzingis. And there's even been conversations about it where the reason he looked he did in the postseason last year and, and was because that was just the role he was asked to play. And I just don't think the role that he wants to play fit what Dallas wanted him to to do. And I agree it looks weird because Dinwiddie's also been kind of bad this year. 
And like, one of the worst scenes in the league. Yeah, he like wasn't wanted in Washington, which is what the hell. But also, we don't know how. There's no denying how good Dallas has been defensively without Porzingis, right? He's he's been out for a while, so I agree in the in the large scheme of things. I don't think they're gonna compete in the West this year. But and I don't think there's much to love other than Luca. But on nights, Brunson when he's cheap and Dwight Powell's back playing a bunch of minutes too. So we'll 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 probably take some darts at other guys on this team, but not many. Okay. San Antonio, what are your what are your thoughts on the moves obviously that they made, and how do you think that they're obviously we know Dejounte is is the guy. Devin Vassell continued to start even with Richardson active there. Vassell played 33 minutes against the Thunder in that final game. Our boy Keldon continues to really, you know, surge. And again, I know it was OKC, but Jakob Pertl went for 20 and 17 in that game to kind of close out going to the All-Star break. So when it comes to this roster, those are the the core. I got to keep on ESPN just keeps on just throwing sound at me here. It's it's terrible. But guys like Zach Collins... (laughs) Right, Richardson, Lonnie Walker off the bench. Those guys, Doug McDermott, even in limited time, is making buckets. So, what are your what are your thoughts here on, on this first team? Uh, I do. I want to lead off by saying I read an article today that said to sell Dejounte Murray in fantasy basketball, and I want to. My formal response to that is, don't sell Dejounte Murray in uh, fantasy basketball. And, Was it written uh, by the same guy who said that Daniel Gafford is legit? Uh, it, they might work for the same company, yes. But anyways, I just need to get that off my chest, John, because I could not believe what I was, what I read. Well, he only um, went for seventeen five and five in the All Star game, so clearly true. On the yeah, trade him. I don't know why San Antonio didn't trade him to Boston and keep Derek White, right? What, is, what are they doing? Yeah, we know Pirtle is a great tournament play at times. He when he scores the basketball. I've been saying it all year. He just needs to put it all together. When he scores, we can get 50 fantasy points out of him. I think I love seeing, as you mentioned, Kelvin Johnson's next step. And I've loved the Devin Vassell 30-plus minutes a night for San Antonio starting now. And I don't think that should is going to change even with the Richardson and Langford additions. I don't see either of them stepping into a team fighting for a play-in game spot to take away Vassell, who was their first-round pick last year, take away his minutes. So... I a lot of these pieces for DFS because they, they don't really see their price go up very often. We know Murray's 10K, and that's where about, about where we want it to be, or at least we don't want it to go higher than that. But yeah, I think the Spurs are interesting in the second half. New Orleans Pelicans, they made a big move, oh. obviously acquiring a CJ McCollum. Zion is is he even is he ever coming back? He's like, getting was- he's getting torched right now all over social media. Mm-hmm. You did eventually call McCollum. Uh, yeah, that's McCollum funny. blew up his spot saying, no, he hasn't called me. Did you, did you also see that he posted? <laughs> he went on Instagram. I saw this today. He went on Instagram after the Reddick thing on ESPN and posted clips of him passing to his teammates on uh, social media. <laughs> Not what you want him to do. I'd rather <laughs> him be in the gym working out and losing weight instead of... Right. Trying to prove J.J. Redick wrong. Anyways, they acquired T.J. McCollum. McCollum's dropped 30 actual in back-to-back games for them. So uh, value add in that in that trade yeah. uh, for him so far. Obviously, that has come at the expense of some of their other players, though, right? Brandon Ingram, only 12 points that last game against uh, Dallas in a tougher spot. Only 18 points against Memphis. He had 10 points in the first game. So there's a, l- a little bit of a downtrend with him there which you think has to be a little bit expected. They moved Devontae Graham to the bench, mm-hmm. right? So they're going with a big lineup, which I think is interesting. Obviously, McCollum is their point guard, or, or maybe Ingram's playing point forward. They kept Herbie Jones, Valanchunas, and Jackson Hayes started next to each other against Dallas. So that's an interesting dynamic for their for their lineup there. Well, it's not a role Graham is not familiar with either, right? He did that in Charlotte for a couple of years, and I guess what's so, interesting to me is that they they didn't they just stopped playing Alvarado because of it, and I, we true. we thought Alvarado was actually a good player, like a good piece for them off the mm-hmm. bench. So sure. Now you're, I I've talked I, I I don't know I've been lukewarm on Herbie Jones. I understand they him and and all this. He plays good defense and whatnot, but at the expense of other guys? Is he yeah, I mean, 35 minutes on the story? That's what I'm, I guess that's where I, I get a little bit of a hang up there. I think so, because 
Look at the rest of their lineup. McCollum is not defending anybody. Brandon Ingram has the length too, but he's not a big body. He's a skinny, lanky guy. Forwards 6'8", 6'9", are going to give him problems. Herbert Jones is an elite perimeter defender. You can't just run five guys who can't defend out there. Valanciunas doesn't move great. Now you're playing two bigs. I, I, I don't see the value to the Pelicans who want, obviously made the McCollum trade to, yes, because you expect Zion to be back next year, even though you don't include him in your, your pamphlet for plans next year. But they have McCollum for another two years after this. Herbert Jones is their only good defender. You can't sacrifice him for Devontae Graham's mediocre at best offense because Devontae Graham shooting sub 40% again this year. It's not like he's efficient either. So I think you and I have definitely differencing opinions on Herbert Jones, the player, because I just don't see how the, not that, not that they're, they gave him 125 points last game. So it's not like Herbert Jones was making a, you get 50 of it up to Luca. Right? 50, 50 to Luca. Just what it is without him could is super scary to think about because they just don't, their team is not built around defense. They did acquire Snell, but I'm playing Herbert Jones over Tony Snell 10 out of 10 times. Sure. Final team here to talk about then Houston Rockets got work today. That they are going to keep Dennis Schroeder on their team. So yep. that is, that one's certainly a little bit of an interesting, I think, development there. He started. He played 30 minutes the other day. So I know that I know KPJ wasn't active for that game, but it seems hard to think that Schroeder isn't going to start for them, right? Mm, I don't. I don't know what the hell they're going to do because they also didn't have Eric Gordon in that game. They traded Eric Gordon. Yeah, didn't they trade Eric Gordon? No, I think Eric Gordon's still there. Did they buy him out? I don't think uh, they bought him out. I thought out. I saw something. Maybe no, I'm he making... stay. No, he's happy to stay. They didn't end up trading him at the deadline. They were okay. Never mind. I, th- I thought I saw. Oh, okay. I'm looking at an older report. Never mind. Okay, go ahead. Teams that were looking at him, not that he was traded. So yeah, I, I teams should have traded for Eric Gordon. Right. That would have been a nice piece to have. Is I he a buyout it, candidate, you think? What's what's his contract situation look uh, like? He is making, let's see, Eric Gordon. Nah, he's got two years left at 20 mil, so. that's a, Yeah, that's a, you're keeping that contract. I don't know. Does Schroeder probably plays, if you're going to keep him, he probably plays, what, similar to the Boston role, 25, 26, tw- somewhere between 25. Because he can play both, he can play both guard spots, so. Sure. They they got rid of Armani Brooks. They got rid of Augustine. So Garrison Matthews is exclusively playing small forward. I don't know. Shooter has Shooter's gonna have a role, I guess. Play he played almost forty minutes against Phoenix. There. Right. He's he's gotta. But what what do you think that Gordon did play in that game? So interesting. So what does that Green, come at the expense of? Matthews played twenty one minutes. There was all but that game also had no Kevin Porter. But Matthews was on the bench. So Green, Gordon, and Schroeder were the backcourt there. Gordon, I guess, played the the three. Yeah, they've been yeah, they've been running him at the three with Green and Porter. So that's where I think do they go really small and they play three point guards or three guards, Green, Porter, Schroeder. Schroeder. Well, Porter was wasn't he play, playing the yeah, three? You play, for- yeah, you could play Porter at the Yeah, you could do that. That's a good point. I guess that's or maybe he's not. Mean, what he was playing something though. He was playing. He wasn't playing point guard for for Cleveland. So. Well, they had sex. Well, it was him and Sexton. I sure well, before the Garland before Garland arrived. So I guess wait and see for me because I want to see how when they're all healthy. Also, what the hell do they do with El Perrin Singoon, who was a first round pick? Does he start playing over Jayshon Tate? Right. Does he? alongside Christian Wood. So that, I think that's something that remains to be seen as well. Yep. So th- that's it. That's our, our wrap at all 30 teams here in the first half. There's some guys that we've liked talking about, some theories on how things are going to play out in the second half. There's only what, James? Is it 20 or so games left in the regular season here? Uh, yeah, I think I counted 28 for Phoenix when I was trying to figure out yeah, so there, there's something in that range of, of 25-ish plus games left. In the final Chicago month... Has 23 game, Chicago has 23 games left. Okay. Yeah, so we'll give or take in that range. And, and we know that the end of the end of the, the season gets a little wacky. Uh, so I, I can only imagine 
um, what that's going to end up looking. But at least we do have some a lot of teams in contention here. So right. uh, maybe it won't be as crazy as we're, we're used to. So that wraps it up here. We'll have, obviously, the Thursday uh, slate preview for you all. Uh, ready to go uh, for Thursday morning to break down the comeback here uh, of the NBA season from the All-Star break. We have seven games, right? Five, six games. Six games? Seven games on that Thursday. Mm, so be on the lookout for that, and it'll be good to be back, James. Yeah, I'm excited to be back and open up with a banger. Boston, Brooklyn is a fun, a fun, I think a fun game too. I know no Kyrie and Durant, whatever, but I'm trying um, to see what matchup is actually any good on this opening slate, but it's really not right. There's the red hot Portland Trailblazers take. I on guess the Memphis, State Minnesota <laughs> would be. A, yeah, that's a fun one. That's a fun one. It should be a good one. I, yeah, I like, I like the Boston matchup with Brooklyn's new look. I Golden State and I. We, we don't Minnesota. have any totals, but we do have spreads for what I'm looking at. So Detroit's getting eight and a half. Brooklyn's getting five. Minnesota's getting two. Chicago's giving four to Atlanta. OKC is getting ten and a half points. Mm. Uh, and Portland's getting seven. OKC against the spread without Chris Paul. Book it. Right? Right? Interesting. <laughs> Definitely interesting. So, uh, all right. That wraps it up here, guys. We'll get us in Discord and on Twitter. And for now, we'll catch you all later.